welcome everyone. My name's Emma Crouch. And I'm Rosie Murdoch. And this is our newest chapter of Metier, which is us visiting with Awan Golding, who is an incredible milliner based in Bow, East London. Yeah, we visited her studio. And we are currently sat out in a park in Bow, hence the aeroplanes overhead, but it's sunny, so it's hard not to do that. We have the original conversation we had with her in November 2017, then we have an extra catch-up interview with her in spring 2019 to find out where she is now. Enjoy. Easy thing to start with, can you introduce yourself please? Um, my name's Awan um, and my brand is called Awan Golding Millinery. So I make and design um, hats and headpieces for women who are going to fancy parties, um, the races, all kinds of things, so special occasions basically. Lovely. Are they the kind of places that you go to? At sometimes, if I'm lucky enough, <laughs> I get invited to occasionally a good party and then I will put on a hat and uh, dress up a bit. But in my everyday life, I tend to be quite casual. So wearing a hat is actually quite a special occasion for me. Brilliant. Tell us a bit about why hats then. Um, why hats? Well, I was, I was always into kind of accessorising, I guess, as a teenager. So I used to wear hats in Hong Kong where I grew up. Um, so I'd wear like men's hats mainly, so with flat caps and kind of trilbies and things. Um, and uh, I guess in Hong Kong that was like quite an unusual, like pushing the boat out fashion, um, which <laughs> says more about Hong Kong than it does about hats, I think. <laughs> Why is that? Is, con- is Hong Kong it's really It's quite conservative, conservative yeah. And uh, no one really kind of, you don't see goths, you don't really see like, you know, there's no like subsets of fashion or anything. So a hat was essentially a subset, I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of had, I was, it was peaked from like a wearing perspective. My interest was peaked from the beginning um, from wearing them. Um, but then I, I made a piece to wear to my um, stepbrother's wedding about 15 years ago now. Um, and it was here in England and it was the first time I'd been to a, like an English wedding. And you know, I was obsessed with this idea of having to have a hat. Um, so I went to the shops, couldn't find anything I liked, couldn't afford anything I liked. Um, so I ended up just making like a little something myself, um, which was really fun, um, like a really fun kind of process, the craft of it, and got a few compliments. And I think that kind of <laughs> stuck in my head. <laughs> how, how did you work out how to do that? How did you work out how to make a hat? I mean, well, it wasn't really a hat hat. It was like a little kind of floral slide with like some bits on it. So I kind of just ended up sewing and gluing quite feverishly. Um, yeah, I just went to like a craft shop and like, you know, picked out all these different elements and then kind of just stuck them all together. <laughs> Were you arty before that? Did you know that you could make stuff when you wanted to? Yeah, I guess so. Um, my father's an artist, so I was kind of always being, you know, I was brought up around art and being like, you know, kind of creative and, um, and being an only child as well, I think you kind of have to be quite creative with you know, <laughs> the things that, you know, your play and everything. So I was always making stuff um, with my stuff, like my soft toys or whatever when I was a kid. What, making stuff for them? Yeah. So I was really obsessed with like cable cars for some reason. <laughs> and we used to have this big uh, spiral staircase in the house. So I'd kind of rig up this um, cable car for Snoopy. <laughs> out of like shoe boxes and pieces of string and stuff and 
that would entertain me for hours. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'm imagining cuddly toys kind of flying through the air yeah. alongside the spiral staircase. Yeah, that's uh, that was the idea. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was fun. Um, yeah, I was just obsessed with kind of making. I guess it was like all about the soft toys. So it was like making outfits for them. And so tell us a bit about where we are today. So we're we're at my studio in Bow, um, which I've been at for about three years now. Um, so it's kind of my second home. Um, it's full of boxes, full of hats and hats scattered everywhere um, and hatting paraphernalia. Um, yeah, and it's, it is like my, an extension of my, my home, really. Does your house look like this as well? <laughs> um, there are some hats at home that I haven't really figured out. We moved into our new place like well, not new now, it's like two years ago, but we still haven't put a lot of stuff up yet. So I've got a lot of hats that are just kind of lying around that I want to make a bit of display out of, but um, I haven't figured that out yet. So the studio is the place where you do your making? It is, yeah, now. Um, originally it was all at home, which actually was really, really stressful. Um, so now having like a completely dedicated space to just millinery is amazing. Great. So. What, what else do you have in the studio? What, what does the making involve? What can we see yeah. around us? Um, what is so, hatting paraphernalia? So hatting paraphernalia are, so we, I use um, hat blocks, which are the wooden forms, which you kind of steam and mold your um, raw materials over to make the actual hat shape. Um, so um, I'm actually working on my spring summer 18 collection at the moment. So it being spring, it's all cinema, which is like a woven, um, it's like a banana fiber made in the Philippines. And that's like a kind of cornerstone of um, millinery. Um, also straws, I'm using a lot of straws. I can't even remember what the straw is called. Anyway, I've got like, lots of straw around. <laughs> um, obviously I do some stuff on the sewing machine as well. Um, so we can do, I do cut and sew hats sometimes, which are soft hats. So um, like turbans, um, baseball caps, that kind of thing. Um, but I should say the majority of the sewing is done by hand. So I've got like a whole bunch of needles and threads and everything. And okay. my, my thread wall is kind of my pride possession, actually. It's a rainbow, which I love. <laughs> it, is, it is beautiful. It is uh, very yeah. impressive. <laughs> And the colours of your hats are beautiful. They're like little splashes of, of jewels of colour. Do you enjoy using colour? I do. I love colour. I think also with summer or spring summer collections, you know, you really can kind of go a bit wild with, you know, what you're kind of, um, the colour palettes that you're using. So I've gone for very punchy colours this time. Where, where does that start? Where do you start thinking about a collection? Like, how, what's that process? Um... I don't know. I still haven't figured out my process completely. Like currently I look at social media and the internet and exhibitions and all kinds of things for inspiration and something will just catch my eye. And I kind of a bit of a magpie when it comes to imagery and um, ideas, I guess. So I guess it's just kind of, yeah, compiling interesting images and then seeing what comes out of that. I mean, it's quite like a, it is a longer process as well. Like, so I, I start a collection with an idea in my mind and then I start making things and then the making will take me somewhere. Mm. So I'll kind of figure out a technique which I think really works well for this and I'll just keep, you know, I'll kind of extend that into a different hat. Um, so it's kind of, it's half a process of images and a half a process of making, I'd say, 
informing each other. So being part of the fashion industry in some ways, well, completely part of the fashion industry, how do you find that your work resonates with the wider fashion industry? I think that hats are slightly aside from the fashion industry. We're not really um, bound to trends in the same way that fashion is because I think, because it's such a, a specific niche as well, I think. Um, you know, I'm, I'm making hats for women to wear to the races or, you know, that in itself is not really trend-based, I wouldn't say. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe there's like, okay, so there are shapes which kind of are slightly trendier so at the moment, boaters are really in, um, especially amongst younger women. So, and it's a shape I really enjoy wearing as well. Um, so in that sense, maybe a shape could be kind of trendy, but um, I don't really think we're bound by colours per se. It seems like um, hats often appear on catwalks though. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think that's a separate kind of part of like millinery. Um, so yeah, a hat will kind of distill what a collection is about, um, you know, a kind of a catwalk collection. So um, some milliners um, collaborate with designers to kind of create that one-off piece for the catwalk, which will really distill and hone that message. Um, so I've worked with um, one company called Belle Sauvage, um, and I did their hats for their catwalk three, four years ago. Um, and that was a really interesting process because it was it was really collaborative. Um, they came to me with their ideas and images of their collection and kind of what they wanted. And then I figured out how to make it and, you know, put the final touches on everything. Um, and it was really, it was amazing to see these hats kind of coming down the runway towards me, which was, yeah, it was really lovely. And so that was drawing on kind of the inspiration from their, um, their, uh, design their um, collection with this current collection you spoke about kind of getting um, inspiration from social media can you remember what it was that sparked your idea or sparked your your thought your creative process on this one um, so when I say social media I really mean like Instagram I guess because um, it's so image-based and also obviously Pinterest as well um, I think like I just was kind of picking up on these images of like rainbows and how people had interpreted that into fashion collections. So I guess I am influenced by other fashion designers as well in the way that they incorporate these ideas. And I, I'm really interested in how, people's, how people put together their, well, how their processes, their creative process, because I feel like I haven't quite honed mine yet. So I like to look at how pe people interpret theme into their finished products. Um, so yeah, it was this kind of idea of muted rainbows that I had seen um, that I really liked. I mean, these pieces you can't really tell, but there's like a piece over there where there's like a that boater with the veiling and stuff. It's like a bit of a rainbow idea. <laughs> so yeah, light. So I was trying to. I'm using. I use a lot of feathers as well. Um, so kind of trying to use feathers in like a way that would look like light bursts <laughs> yeah I can totally see that actually now you say it yeah they're like um yeah like a, a crystal mm. yeah like refracted Prism. light that's that was kind of the idea as well yeah and so are there any particular kind of designers or other creatives that you do look to like you talked about looking at other people's creative processes is there anyone that particularly inspires you or you're like yes I like what they're doing yeah definitely I mean 
I have a few brands that I follow consistently just because, I mean, in terms of like the way, I mean, not just creatively, but like in the way that they, um, um, what's it called, they, they kind of, they show their business to the world as well. Like they um, market themselves. Yes, yeah, yeah, market themselves, exactly. So like Mara Hoffman, I absolutely love her stuff. I really like the way that she uses color. Um, you know, and from and it's just really interesting to see how she's built her business over the years as well. Like, because obviously I'm a business as well, so it's it's I am looking for inspiration from people who've kind of done it, I guess. Um, but yeah, she started as a swimwear brand and then has you know kind of built her business into something that's way more than that. Now she does like apparel and accessories and all kinds of stuff. But she has this really lovely kind of relaxed aesthetic that runs through everything, and it's also very color based as well. And her imagery is amazing. So she has like a very rounded kind of Mara Hoffman world that I really, I like. And I kind of, it resonates with me. So I'd like to do a little one golding world. <laughs> I, think, um, I think you are doing it because I bumped into somebody the other day in the park and um, just happened to start talking about what I was doing and making this film with you mm. um, and podcast. And she turned out to be a young aspiring hat maker oh, really? and, and she was immensely impressed by the fact that I was had access to go and see you. Oh, so the Owen Golding world is out there and, and recognised. And that was really leads into my next question, which is about um, social media and, and the platforms that are available to you. Mm. Do you see it as a as a support to your business? Oh, definitely. I think like I've got a very visual product. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Instagram's made for people like me, designers, essentially, because, you know, it really kind of gives you a chance to flesh out, you know, what is essentially a static thing on a website, you know, so you can create, it's a great place for like video content as well. I think people really enjoy seeing behind the curtain, you know, on these things. So, yeah, come and step into my world. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 so on, on your um, Instagram, like you've got all the beautiful like model shots with, with the hats and, yeah. and like the video and stuff like that. How do you, what is the world that you, when you, when you think about the, your world, what is it? What do you think that involves? Um, well, I guess I try and kind of curate my world, um, you know, kind of, I think the imagery is really important. So every year, um, so every season, when I finish my collection, I do a lovely kind of model shoot because I think having the hat on a head, it brings it to life, um, you know, so yeah, I think that's really important. Um, so yeah, just kind of creating context through images. Um, I try and do kind of candid shots here in the studio as well. I've started doing selfies, which uh, not that comfortable with, but <laughs> people seem to like, so um, yeah, it's a learning curve. <laughs> Why do you think people like seeing you in the hat? I think it kind of, you know, my brand is my name. So it's all, you know, they want to see the person behind the brand. I think definitely it's, it's voyeurism in a way. Was that hard for you to decide? Like, how did you, how did you, when you put your business head on and, and decided to, to, to make a business like of, of just you, how was it hard to put your name to it? Or is it just obvious? I think it's a really, it's a done thing in millinery. Um, everyone seemed to, I don't know, I guess I was just going with the pack <laughs> initially. But yeah, I mean, it is strange, I guess, because people do know my name now, which is bizarre. Um, and <laughs> still getting used to it. I mean, the fact that you met someone that 
knows me, I have no idea who this person is. It's, yes. it's kind of strange. Do you see yourself as an artist? Um, yes, I do see myself as an artist. Um, in a, in a, yeah, I think I'm developing my artwork still, you know, so it, it's kind of a, I think it's a learning process. But yes, I'm making things and it's, it's a creative process, you know, and some of them are artistic pieces who, that are sculptural and abstract. And, you know, then there's also pieces that are very wearable and more commercial. And I think that that's what honing a collection is all about. Like you have to have something that kind of hits all of these different points. Um, and it also keeps it interesting for me if I'm making kind of mad, wacky pieces as well as like, you know, a yellow boater. <laughs> Do you think you're more commercially driven than an artist? Yes, I think so. I think I have to be um, because I'm creating a product which is going out onto the mass market and I'm selling to, I'm, you know, I'm selling to department stores. So, you know, I, it is a product, you know, at the end of the day. And do you find that the financial side of it inhibits you? Um, I find it really draining, actually. I am not great with the finances because <laughs> um, it's just, it's a balancing act of admin and then also creativity, you know, and it's a melding of all of those things. Um, so, yeah, it can kind of be a bit overwhelming, I think. But then that's the reality of having a business, right? I mean, I think... The luxury maybe of being an artist sometimes that you don't have to think about that so much if you've got a gallery representing you. Um, it's somewhat taken care of, I guess. But I don't know. I feel like because it's a, I've got much more of a product, I'm co constantly having to innovate as well. So, um, yeah, it's quite relentless sometimes. And how, how did you get... How did you get to this point? So you spoke about kind of a love of, of hats when you when you were growing up, mm -hmm. and then how how do you how does how do you learn to become a milliner? So I moved to London eight years ago um, to pursue millinery as a career. Um, so I kind of researched courses that they you know London and well England really is still the hat capital of the world. So there's like you know a lot of education based here. Um, so I came to do a one-year course at Kensington Chelsea College um, and that was like a, an HNC. Um, so that was kind of the basis of my education and then I also did internships and apprenticeships outside of that. So, so you, England is the epicentre of hats? Yes, it still is the epicentre of hats for sure. You know, we have all the big races still. So Ascot is obviously a big driver of like the hat industry. Um, um, yeah, and you know, there's really great department stores here as well that have really good hat departments in them. So yeah, it's, it's a good place to be because I'm, I'm, I'm near the market as well as all the other milliners as well. So did you come to London for the hats? I did, yes. So I came here with the express intention of becoming a milliner. <laughs> Okay, that's um, quite was, clear focus. Yeah, I mean, it was um, it was a big kind of career change. Like I was working in magazines in Hong Kong before, um, but I just wanted to completely overhaul my life, I guess. So I moved and I changed career. So how old were you when you did that? 29. Ah, oh, that's pretty impressive. It was quite scary, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I think with millinery, I don't know. People seem to come to it at all stages of life. I think because it's craft-based, 
you know, it's kind of, you just, you keep learning all the time. So you don't have to be young, you don't have to be a young person to get into it or be good at it. You know, it just kind of, you just have to keep plugging away at it and that's how you get better. And so you said you did a degree? Kensington Chelsea College, um, which was like an HNC. So it's a one year long um, course. The whole idea of the course was to give you a really strong foundation of how to be a milliner. So um, obviously the skills, um, collection building, but then also um, a little bit of the, the business aspect of it. And the apprenticeships? Um, so whilst I was doing that course, I was also working with different milliners, um, well, before and after actually as well. Um, so, I mean, obviously there's a lot of milliners here in London. They each have a very distinct style. Um, so you kind of align yourself with someone and then you learn from them, you know, which is really the best way of learning. Um, I think I probably learned more from being in internships than I did from the course, actually, if I'm being totally honest, I think, because you see it firsthand and how it's applied in real life. So tell us about those internships or apprenticeships and who you were with and what you learned from them. Yeah, so my longest internship was with um, a milliner called Edwina Ibbotson, um, who is a fantastic um, traditional milliner. Um, so what I learned were very traditional kind of skill sets. Um, so everything is handmade. Um, all her flowers are handmade, everything. I mean, it's down, you know, she's quite a... Um, she's very particular about how she likes things I think which is probably the best way of learning actually so at the time quite daunting but looking back like the best way to learn so but she's uh, based in Battersea she's got a little shop front and um, a kind of workshop in the back. Would you, would you like a shop eventually do you think? I don't know I don't know if I do actually I think it's quite a big commitment um, unless I had staff <laughs> in this future that I would like to be living in, where I have lots of staff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it, obviously it's a good, it's a good thing to, to aim for maybe, you know, cause then it's, it's even, it's taking that whole idea of like the world of a one golding one step further, cause then people can come and interact with it. I mean, I, I do invite customers to come to the studio space, but I always kind of say beforehand that it's really rough space and it's not like polished at all and it's a working studio. So don't come expecting a boutique because that's definitely not what it is. <laughs> and, and do you enjoy those interactions? Like do you, do you, is it often that you actually get to meet the people that wear your hats? Yeah, um, especially in the summer months when people are coming to kind of commission Ascot hats or you know Mother of the Bride stuff. Like I really like meeting people because you know, you kind of, you get, you get a much better impression of what they're looking for when you actually see them and meet them and you know they're trying on pieces as well because that's the best way to figure out what kind of hat will suit you is to try on lots of hats you know and I constantly hear it from people like oh I don't suit hats totally not true like you definitely you haven't tried on enough hats basically there is a hat out there for everyone <laughs> I like that idea I need to find my hat you gotta try some on. <laughs> but you're in the right place, yeah. Emma. <laughs> is that a major hint? This is, yeah, this is my whole reason for being here. <laughs> the camera's not even on. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you enjoy people coming to your studio? I, I love people coming to my studio, yeah. Do you think they enjoy it? I, yeah, I hope so. I think people are really curious about the whole process of hat making anyway. So, 
yes, I think they like to see the kind of the tools and how things are made and, you know, give context to the actual finished piece. Probably more so than in a shop than you get from a shop. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is like, I, well, I don't really understand sometimes about people's obsession with designer goods, you know, because they like spend thousands of pounds on like a handbag, but no idea of how it's made, you know, whereas we're, you can come and see me hand make your piece, you know, and I think it's just so much nicer to actually meet the designer that is making your piece, you know. Absolutely. It's so important to know definitely where stuff's from isn't it and how I it's think, made yeah definitely you know especially in this day and age of kind of you know we're getting further removed from like you know the factory that essentially has made all these things they just appear in shops and then we buy them and throw them away you know and this is all about kind of taking it back to the original kind of craft of making the the commissioning process i think because i didn't um probably everyone else in the world knows that you <laughs> you would get a commission <laughs> So yeah, like quite a large chunk of my business is kind of commissioned pieces. Um, so generally what people do is I always kind of push them to my website, which is essentially an online gallery of everything that I've ever made. Um, so people will kind of message me about a particular piece that they like, um, and then they would come in and we they try it on. Um, we talk about what they're, they'd probably bring their dress in as well, whatever they're gonna be wearing on the on the day. Um, and I'd get them to try it on and then we'd see how the hat looks with it and it's just the process of kind of then figuring out colours, um, if things need to be adjusted, um, you know, if it was completely um, like a new idea then we would, I would sketch something out and we'd kind of take it from there and they would kind of tell me what elements they would like to include. Um, yeah, so it's kind of, it's a very collaborative process with the person that is commissioning the piece because obviously they are ultimately going to be wearing it and they have to be comfortable when they're wearing it because um, there's nothing worse than an uncomfortable person in a hat you can totally tell <laughs> and after that initial visit what, what happens after that um, so I usually say three to four weeks uh, kind of making time um, and there's a back and forth kind of communication and then we'd have a fitting you know kind of when it was ready um, if there were any tweaks needed, then they would come back again, um, or I would just send the piece to them. So, yeah, it's a back and forth kind of. And how important is your packaging? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I had some new hat boxes made recently, which I really love. So I kind of, I don't know, I had the opportunity to kind of do something a little bit different. So I you know, came up with this little slogan, use your head, which I really, I like. <laughs> Use your head, buy one golding. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, this is, you know, because I send overseas as well. So it's, it's always a constant uh, battle, I guess, to kind of make boxes as economical as possible. So for the hat boxes here in the UK, I have like these beautiful kind of hexagonal things that, you know, you open up and it's this lovely kind of process of unveiling your hat. Um, and then if I'm sending overseas, they have to be a little bit more compact, but it's still it's a nice experience opening the box. That's, that's so interesting that you would think about that kind of the particulars of how does the box open? Like who did you work with to, did you work with someone to do that or did you just, did you know, work that out yourself? Um, so I've used kind of, it's quite a standard hat box in design, um, but I worked with a company that specially screen printed the kind of lids for me. So branding it essentially. 
I mean, one day I would love to make something that was really completely my own. And I, I do have some ideas, but, you know, something that kind of, I think, compacts down so that when you're... Because this whole issue of, like, shipping is, like, it's a big deal <laughs> like, for me. Every... Because you have to... I don't know, this is boring, but, like, shipping is all done volumetrically. It's not done by weight or, um, you know, if it was done by weight, my hats would not cost anything because they're so light. But because it's done volumetrically and hats are so large, you kind of need something that is the exact size of, size of the hat to, like, be economical. So, anyway, it's boring. <laughs> it's not. It's really interesting. I like the idea that you might have a concertina hat box yeah, that you just, have it one size for shipping and then a, a second. Exactly. Size. Once you get it out, then you can something that folds down. I'm just I don't know. I've had some ideas about it all, but I haven't really engineered it yet. So you seem to have. You, I mean, you you talk very modestly about not really knowing what your process is yet, but you've just released your spring summer. Um, I'm working on it now. Yeah. So I do seasonal every year. Yeah. And what do you see as the next step for Alan Golding? I think it's kind of maybe taking the business, not just not just being a hat brand, but maybe just starting on a few little other accessories that complement hats. Um, I think diversifying slightly would be good. Like I actually, I made a little um, little hat pin, um, which I haven't even put on my website yet. <laughs> I'll try and do that before Christmas. But I mean, it's quite versatile. It's essentially like a little bumblebee, like a, a little beaded bumblebee that you could use on your jacket or a hat. Um, so I think just kind of experimenting with a few other little products that are complementary and sit well against what I'm already creating. Um, but I mean, other than that, like I'd love to do more collaborations with other designers and other brands because um, I think that that kind of would maybe expand my offering as well. Would you say, is the business going well? Um, yes, I'm surviving. <laughs> you know, this is my only occupation at the moment which I think is actually is an achievement <laughs> especially in London I think I kind of can be quite harsh on myself about I don't know achievements are kind of hard to gauge sometimes so I mean yes I'm surviving and yes I'm still creating seasonal collections and yes people are buying my hats but have I achieved everything that I want you know am I where I thought I would be I don't know I'm not sure have you received any accolades from the world that you are that you feel proud of um so there used to be a hat designer of the year competition um so i entered into that and i got best in uh, what's it called best in industry or something you know i have some really good clients and i think that that in itself is like you know kind of a stamp of approval if people keep coming back to me then that means they like what i'm doing um you know obviously there's like the kind of celeb clients, which I think do kind of give a, you know, big seal of approval as well. And that's quite exciting. So, you know, Lady Gaga wearing some of my stuff. Like I recently made some hats for Odita Fontes as well, who's stunning and wears hats very well. So I can't wait to see those photographs. Um, so you've won awards and you have celebrity endorsement. <laughs> so what, what, what else is there left for you to do? I don't know. I don't know, I guess being in, like, I'd like to be in some more, like, of the best boutiques around the world. I think that that would be great. And just kind of expanding my reach, you know, so, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to go to New York and walk into, you know, Bergdorf Goodman or something and be like, oh, there's my hat. <laughs> you know, or go to Paris and, you know, my pieces were there. 
you know. So that's kind of, I guess the next step is really kind of expanding the brand further. Like, you know, I'm currently in, I'm currently in London and I'm currently in uh, Sydney and Melbourne and in Hong Kong. And I do have a small boutique in New York, but I think it's world domination next. <laughs> Sounds like you're doing pretty well. <laughs> I don't know. It's so hard it, to gauge. Well, I mean, so what what is it um, in your? Can you remember the point one one of the points where you've been like, yes, this is you know, where you felt really personally fulfilled in in what you're doing, or, or what part of your day does fulfill you the most? I think so. Yeah, I mean, com completing a collection and seeing it on a model when we're doing the shoot. I feel that's my happiest point when we're doing that photo shoot and it's like the hats are coming alive in front of my eyes and you know they're on a beautiful head I mean that is the best feeling ever because it's kind of you know it's full circle like I you know from the concept to the finished product and it's exactly how I wanted it to look and yeah that's the best feeling for sure and you, d you did speak about it a little bit before but why hats? What do you think is special about hats? I think hats are a really good way of kind of putting across your message, you know, so they're, they're really easy, they're a good way of kind of showing your individuality, you know, I think in, in this day and age when that is quite a big thing, you know, people express themselves, they want to express themselves, you know, and I think fashion is a really easy way of doing that. It's a very visual representation of what you know, you're trying to put across, and then, um, you know, a hat is, is that, it's distilled, you know. Have you seen anyone uh, send, like, a really good example of someone sending, like, a secret message with the hat that they're wearing, like, at an event or something? You can definitely put across a message with hats, you know, you know, don't, don't touch me sometimes, you know, like a, a kind of a veil or a brim, you know, we'll kind of put this this image of like mystique um, about you, you know, so I think you can, it can convey your mood. Yeah. You know, what you're thinking, you know, your kind of internal thoughts even. I mean, it's, yeah, and also, yeah, as you were saying, like it can, can convey a sense of confidence as well because it does take a bit of confidence to wear a hat. You know, you're drawing attention to yourself because it's not really the done thing these days. Um, so you're immediately drawing attention. Like you know, any time I ever wear a hat on the tube, <laughs> if I'm going to an event or something, I'll just put it on at home and then you know hop on the tube. I always get people talking to me. That's it's a real conversation starter because people are immediately drawn to you, and it's they're curious. You know, so I don't know. Maybe if you're a shy person, put a hat on. <laughs> It will do the talking for you. <laughs> There's your new tagline for your box. Yeah. Talk to the hat. Talk to the hat. <laughs> oh my god. That's as good as boom buddy. You can do a jingle for that. You can have that one. Um, I like that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> How do you choose what you do each day when you come into the studio? Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm really bad. I'm not that regimented, to be honest. I think I try and make a to-do list and try and stick to it. I mean, it generally, like at the moment, because I'm trying to finish the collection, it's like, turban. <laughs> you know? It's a very unusual to-do list. It's mainly hats. <laughs> um, but yeah, I try and list it all out and then just 
you know, trudge through it as the day goes. Um, but it's very different when I'm, I'm working by myself at the moment, um, but you know, I have interns or assistants sometimes. Um, so I have two lists, so I have their list and that's usually, I'll give them kind of making tasks um, and then I will try and do some admin while they're doing that. So that's the boring stuff, but. I was going to ask about that. So you have practical makey stuff and then you have computery yes. marketing stuff, admin, yeah. finance. So, yeah. Yeah, so I have, I've kind of really invested in apps to kind of help my life. Um, so I've got like my accounting app, um, which I probably don't even use enough. It's just like, oh my God, it's due now. Just go on the app. <laughs> yeah, it's like one year's worth. Whereas I probably should, I am trying to get into this habit of doing it every week. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I'm trying to make my life easier by using these tools, you know, because that's not my... It's not my forte. So if I can use an app to do it, then I will certainly use an app. <laughs> and do you have some days where you come in, you want to just do something brainless and repetitive and other days where you think, oh, I can do something creative today or, yeah. I mean, isn't that the beauty of working as you work that yes. you can choose? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you know, some days I'm not even in the studio. I will just kind of decide that I'm going to go out and I'm going to, you know, hang out at the Barbican and look at, you know, an exhibition and try and be inspired by something. Because I think sometimes if you're just holed up in a room, surrounded by hats the whole time, you know, you kind of lose your perspective and your focus. Well, I certainly do. I mean, it's just kind of, I need a refresher every once in a while. Is, is there anywhere around here that you go for an immediate inspirational hit? Um, I mean, I do pop into, obviously, you know, the, the nunnery gallery so yeah pop in there every once in a while but um you know i think it's it's more about people for me like i'm quite a social person so i really enjoy um you know the other artists that are at p1 studios you know so just across the corridor for me i've got dale who is amazing and does incredible work and has a completely different process to me and you know just seeing how he does it and how he interacts with his work and how he interacts with people is really inspiring, actually. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely inspired by people. Brilliant. Um, does the cemetery feature at all? I'm just trying to think about <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you tell us a bit yeah. about the, how your day and Yeah, so, well, I mean, you know, I start my day pretty much every day in Tower Hamlet Cemetery, which sounds totally macabre. But um, I walk my dog Stevie there, so, you know, I, it's very much part of my life. You know, and I, I love the space because it's very, uh, it's natural and kind of unruly and, you know, it just kind of has a wild feeling to it. So, you know, I, it definitely is inspiration for my work. Like, you know, I, I think, you know, nature is like a great place to kind of start from, you know, for hats, especially because you are looking at, you know, I'm using natural fibres, I'm using natural products like feathers a lot of the time, you know, so it kind of, yeah, it's a good good kind of base. Um, that's it. I was, I was going to ask you what your design aesthetic was, but you talked about this season and maybe it's not easy to answer. What, you, what is your design aesthetic? I mean, yeah, I don't know if I've got a specific aesthetic as such. I mean, I kind of, I make hats that I would wear myself. So I think that, like, I guess my taste is really wrapped up in it. And, you know, you know, I try everything on as well. Like once I've made it or I'm kind of constantly trying it on to see how it kind of works with her face. 
um, which I think is quite important. Um, so I don't know, like modern, like feminine as well, but like I'm quite kind of tomboyish and I always have been, you know, so I guess there's an element of that as well. Like I really like strong lines, like creating quite a strong silhouette. I'm not overly fussy in my design either. I prefer something that looks clean and is a bit of more of a kind of bold, punchier, um, you know, kind of image than something that's too frothy and frilly. I'm not that girly. <laughs> Brilliant, thank you. Is that all right? Yeah, yes. lovely. Yeah. Yeah, so so we we uh, we filmed you in November 2017, and then again in May 2018 to capture the the hat walk that we did with you, where you were dressed up in all the fancy outfits. Yes, and then so now it's uh, spring 2019, and we thought we'd come and do a catch up with you, um, and find out what's been going on because it's been so many exciting things. Yeah, that we have seen from your Instagram in a weird social media stalking way. <laughs> yes, I know this is a little window into people's lives, isn't it? Um, yeah, so a year, gosh, um, I made a hat for Meghan Markle, which was very exciting, and wow. she wore it at Christmas, um, that was definitely a highlight of last year. What happened, like, how did you know about it, how did the rest of the world know about it? Um, so I was contacted by her assistant, and we kind of started this kind of commission process, um, and uh, they told me that it was for Christmas Day at Sandringham. Um, so on Christmas Day, <laughs> best Christmas present ever, <laughs> um, my husband went out and bought every single newspaper he possibly could because it was on the cover of everything, which was just amazing. An, an amazing feeling and experience. And obviously it's televised as well. I mean, people in England really love the royal family, I've realised. <laughs> um, I kind of do now as well, funnily enough. <laughs> Real royalist over here. Um yeah, so that was that was a real highlight. Yeah, that was a real highlight of last year. Um, but yeah, since then, it's kind of, I guess it's, you know, it's profile building, isn't it? And it kind of lends me some legitimacy as a milliner. Um, so hopefully building from that. One of the things that you talked about when we last met was the fact that celebrity endorsements were important and they were happening for you already. Um, so it seems like you've kind of gone out and found, had more. Are there any other... Um, good endorsements that have happened over the last 12, 18 months? Um, so I guess I, I work quite a lot with stylists um, who all have like their own kind of personal clients and things. Um, so yeah, you know, there's been Daisy Lowe wore a headpiece at her 30th birthday. Um, my God, I'm like racking my brain to cast my mind back 12 months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I probably need to look at my Instagram actually. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's there's been some, mix, you know, nice people and um, yeah, it's all about building the relationships with the stylists as well as like, obviously my PR is really doing a great job to kind of get me more coverage and things. Um, so I think like as more people know about me and as they build my following on Instagram as well, that really helps. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully translating to sales as well, because obviously that's the end goal. Mm. So do you find, are you investing more in, in growing the business if you're, are you, are you paying for PR? Are you? Are you? Are there things that you invest in in the company that? Yeah, I mean, I think that I got to a stage about two years ago where I needed to kind of outsource the PR because it just was taking up so much time, and it is a full time job 
as well. And you kind of need to have someone who's an expert, I think, in that field and has um, existing contacts and, you know. Um, so that's, I think that was money well spent. Mm. Um, um, and it kind of leaves me to freeze up my time for more designing, um, which I still feel like I don't do enough of, actually. Mm. <laughs> so it's there's a lot of admin still. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, okay, actually one of the projects that I did do last year that was very close to my heart was the dog calendar. Um, so Hot, <laughs> Hot Dogs <laughs> calendar 2019, um, Tell which us was, about that. What was it? So it was a, a kind of came off the back of me adopting, obviously my dog from All Dogs Matter, um, Stevie, who is Miss February, just if you've got a calendar <laughs> at home. Um, and just thinking, you know, how can I raise some funds for this charity? They did they do such amazing work. So I got 12 um, couture milliners, obviously including myself, um, Philip Tracy, you know, some real top dogs <laughs> um, to make kind of one-off um, couture hat, hats and headpieces for each dog themed after each month. Um, and then we had um, an ex-ADM, so All Dogs Matter Rescue, um, featured wearing that hat. We did a photo shoot and like, you know, did the calendar and everything, did a crowdfunding um thing which raised just shy of t 10 grand my god which was really good so i think I'm, I'm i'm doing it again it's just trying to i'm trying to find the time mm. to do it um but hopefully i think it's a really good project and i kind of want to keep it going where did it come from whose idea um it was well it was my idea but i was really inspired by um this lady called sophie gamond who um she works with rescues in america putting flower crowns on pit bulls mm -hmm. so it's kind of you know changing the image of these kind of much maligned mm -hmm. dogs um and i feel that that's kind of a similar thing with rescues in general so softening the image and you know especially it's like people cross the road to get away from stevie because she's a staffy and she's like the softest loveliest dog so you know stick a little heart headpiece on her <laughs> she looks does she, does she wear it out often uh, <laughs> uh yeah we haven't really tried it out it is a, it's a bit of a friday night out headpiece isn't it i think <laughs> down the pub <laughs> um so that sounds like uh that's really important to find time for the uh your creative practice outside of also creating the pieces um for your uh your millinery what are you what kind of are you designing at the moment or what has what has been the last season's work because i've seen some of this the amazing like space that just i don't know how to describe it it's just like big it looks <laughs> you're doing stuff with your hands i'm doing stuff with my um if you mean the galaxy hat yes. which was a giant piece that kind of looked like a swirling galaxy um that would maybe have been from the autumn winter the last autumn winter collection which makes sense actually time-wise um so yeah that was a year ago basically <laughs> i've just shot my next autumn winter collection um i just shot it on friday so obviously because we work you know kind of a year ahead um and i was already a little bit behind with that one so now that that's already shot and I'm making a lookbook, I'm starting immediately on spring, summer 20, wow. which has to be finished by September. Um, so in what's that? Th two, two months? No, three months. No, more. Three months. <laughs> yeah. Where are we in the year? No, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Four months. Four months. Four months. Okay. Um, and obviously it's Ascot next month as well. So it's all kind of heating up again. Um, so what does Ascot mean to you? Because that's a big, big bit of the calendar, isn't it? What what will that involve for you? 
Um, so Ask It For Me is lots of commissions. Um, so one-off pieces, either based on pieces from my collection or just kind of, you know, completely individual, special, creative one-offs for people mm-hmm. um, to wear throughout the week. So, because obviously if you're going to the Royal Enclosure, there's a very specific um, kind of guidelines for what you have to wear. Um, and hats have to be over 10 centimeters if you're in the Royal Enclosure and kind of all these other rules and things. So, wow. and people really go all out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really good time for milliners in terms of business. So Ascot was big for you last year. Is it going to be bigger for you this year? Um, I think so. I, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, I mean, my orders came in earlier and I don't know if that's due to, as I was talking about, you know, the profile kind of getting my name out there a little bit more this time. Because aren't you part of a special selection of milliners as part of Ascot? Yes, so Ascot every year um, for the last five years has been doing something called the Royal Ascot Millinery Collective. Um, so they handpick like the best of the industry um, to showcase um, a one-off kind of piece that's specifically crafted for the collective. Um, so one's to go into Fennec to sell as a one-off and then another piece is to go into an archive at Ascot Racecourse. So this is my second year um, being part of it. So yeah, it's a real honour um, and once again, hopefully raising that profile. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds, sorry, Emma, I'm just... Go for it. I've just got, it just, it's interesting, this kind of, you know, the royal family and Ascot, it's a kind of very much higher echelons of society. Did mm-hmm. that, I'm just thinking back to the calendar and the dog and, you know, and having a purpose, a sort of a philanthropic, mm-hmm. does it, is that important to you? Do you, as, yeah. as your stature grows in the millinery world, are you kind of trying consciously to balance that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the philanthropic, the, the charitable side of things is just my interests kind of, you know, lie there. And I think that, you know, a passion project is very important to me, um, even though it is also hats, obviously, of a different sort. Um, you know, I think I don't really have any hobbies. <laughs> I seem to just be making hats, whether it be for humans or dogs. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I obviously hats perhaps are a little bit of a frivolous thing um you know they're things of beauty and they are craft and I you know but they're not saving the world I guess so yes this calendar is kind of balancing that I guess mm. I'm sure there are hats that have saved the world like so, <laughs> so not hats astronauts they're hats true true <laughs> my next calendar <laughs> um and so uh you have also done uh, some other filming as well um, since since we filmed you. I think you were oh yes been on the Beeb. Oh yes, yes, um, yes. Made in Great Britain um, or Made in Britain. So it was a six part series on uh, BBC Two that featured different kind of historical crafts uh, geographically based around the UK. Um, so I was the guest expert on the millinery episode, which was situated in Luton. Um, so it kind of it took these four very different makers through the history of hat making and its craft um, in Luton, which was really, really interesting and such like a great experience. Um, really fun. Didn't realize how much I enjoyed being on telly. <laughs> it was really, really good. Yeah. I mean, it was like a grueling three days of kind of, you know, full on. Um, yeah, it was just it was amazing. So when we were looking um, back at uh, back at the the film and and listening to the interview from the podcast of November twenty seventeen, that captured kind of that moment then. And um, 
and you obviously spoke then about how you wanted to be expanding out more and building building things and wondered did you notice anything that had been captured in that time that you can see now was percolating and and you were moving towards where you are at the moment I mean I guess it's this idea of profile building I know I keep coming back to that but like I think that that's always something I'm building and developing um so yeah I mean looking back I guess that's you know I don't know I don't see I don't feel like I do things consciously but I guess I am in mm -hmm. some on some level um because obviously about two years ago I you know, contact with these people with the aim of, you know, I'm constantly looking to expand my network because I think like, you know, that's how you progress in anything. Um, you really have to include other people who have different skills from you or opportunities won't really present themselves. Um, you know, and, and with the dog calendar, for instance, like I really pulled in like loads of different favors and skill sets from lots of people, mainly people I'd met dog walking actually. So, you know, they already had a an interest in the subject matter mm. um even if it wasn't hats it was definitely dogs so yeah I think there's a there's a really good lesson to learn there isn't there about creativity and just putting feelers out and and keeping in touch with people and reconnecting and bringing them in on a passion project can be Absolutely. a positive experience and then lead to something in yeah. the future that you hadn't foreseen necessarily mm. it may all feel accidental but it's so it's so um, of your making, actually, isn't it? Because it's all feelers that you've put out and, um, and relationships. Yeah, and yeah I, whole, I wholeheartedly believe that like relationships, the way that kind of we progress in business and just in life generally anyway. So, um, yeah, you know, I live, well, prior to this other job, you know, I live quite an isolated work life. So relationships are the most important thing because it keeps me sane, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's really, it's really good to hear that. Um, so this is a, a secret project that you're involved with two days a week, taking you away from your own millinery company, but you're now having the companionship of having colleagues and working together with people, which must feel really supportive. I don't know. Yeah. How, does, how is that different from working on your own? Yeah, it's very supportive. You know, I've kind of slotted into a, a system and a, a group of people who really know each other very well, and but yet are have accepted me completely as well um, for my ideas and, you know, the kind of the fresh take, I guess, I bring to things. So that's amazing. Just having feedback as mm -hmm. well and having like a sounding board for things that I'm kind of, you know, cooking up is is really great. It's creative acceptance, isn't it, I yeah. suppose? And, and the idea that you can, you're being employed as an, as an artist. We've talked about mm. whether or not you feel as an artist, as like an artist before, but... Um, you found a way of making regular a uh, regular money from being you yes <laughs> whilst also having your own business which is it feels like a real milestone it feels like an amazing achievement really I think it is it is definitely I don't know if I fully appreciated it yet I think I need to take a step back at some point and go oh yeah this is a really really amazing thing um and it's a rare thing in millinery as well there's not that many companies out there that hire like this so yeah I'm very very thankful from the outside your your talent and your skill and your success is very clear and it's it's incredible like it's really exciting to um to see it and um still need to start wearing more hats myself <laughs> so I can get more involved uh, 
Um, but I think um, I think that's probably um, all we've got to ask you for this catch up. Um, just want to say thank you again so much for your time, thank and you. yeah, looking forward to seeing what else you've got in store in the future. Thank you. Thanks, Awan. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Check out our other chapters of Metier are on our website metierproject.org, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as Metier Project. Find us on iTunes at Metier Project, and don't forget to leave a review. Five stars. Ha, 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 ha.